invite you to turn to your Bible or Bible apps to the first book of Samuel, the 15th chapter, beginning in the 34th verse. Let us receive together the word of God. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house in Gibeah of Saul. Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death, but Samuel grieved over Saul, and the Lord was sorry that he had made Saul king over Israel. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul? I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and set out. I will send to you Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king amongst his sons. Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you, and say, I have to come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me and the one whom I name to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded, and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, Do you come peacefully? He said, Peacefully, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourself, and have come with me to would come to me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Elabab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is now before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look upon his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Elabab and made him pass before Samuel. He said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before him. And he said, Are all your, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel said to Jesse, Are all of your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. He sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes, and he was handsome. The Lord said, Rise and anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord mightily came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel was set out and went to Ramah. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thank God. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us, gathered in all the places that we are. Fall afresh upon your church in all its expression. Fall afresh on this, your beautiful broken world. And fall afresh on me as I offer a word this day. In the name of Jesus, amen. Jesse didn't expect the prophet Samuel to come calling. And he certainly wasn't expecting Samuel to come with a horn of oil to anoint one of his sons as the future king of Israel. Jesse didn't expect that his youngest son, the one who shepherded the flocks, would be required at the family gathering for the sacrifice since the youngest, and shepherds generally, weren't included in such things. But God 
has a way of challenging our expectations. God sent Samuel and his horn full of oil to Bethlehem, to the house of Jesse, to anoint not the firstborn, not the one who may have looked all tall and kingly, Eliab. Instead, God chose the youngest, David, the shepherd, who had to be fetched from out among the sheep. And of course, young, handsome David didn't expect any of what happened next. God challenges expectations. And in this story, God does that in two very specific ways. First, God breaks the family expectation of giving blessing or honor to the firstborn son. And second, God breaks the cultural expectation by lifting up a youth who, even though described as handsome in the text, he had beautiful eyes, perhaps even with that, David didn't have the physical appearance or the stature, or maybe he wasn't macho enough or something, I don't know, that the people of the time would consider kingly. God explains these surprising choices by saying to Samuel, God doesn't look at things like humans do. Humans see only what is visible to the eyes, but the Lord sees into the heart. Samuel, in response, models faithfulness through trusting that God knows what they're doing, that God perceives things that Samuel cannot. And then, through being obedient to the spiritual leading, to anoint the least likely future king in Jesse's family. On this Sunday, when we celebrate both confirmation and pride, I give thanks for this story that affirms God's habit of breaking our human-made cultural rules in ways that lift up, celebrate, and anoint the gifts of unexpected people. We know all too well that human rules have demonized and excluded LGBTQ people and that legislated discrimination to be, continues to be supported in many places in both church and state. We know all too well that limited human perception has silenced, ignored, or belittled the leadership of children and youth. We know all too well that human ways of discerning a person's worth or leadership capacity based on stature or appearance have meant that countless people have not been allowed to fully share their gifts or to contribute as meaningfully as they could in whatever community of which they're a part. But God is not limited by ways, human ways of perceiving or discerning. Centuries after David was anointed the future king of Israel, on the day of Pentecost, God's full intention was made plain 
and prophecies were made manifest. And spirit fell upon all flesh. And the human gatekeeping rules and old assumptions and expectations were consumed in the fire of new creation and new community. And spirit continues to fall, not just upon the usual suspects, according to our human ways of perceiving. Spirit falls on all flesh. And where hearts and hands and minds are open, spirit stirs us to get into good trouble as we love and as we serve and as we are formed in the way of Jesus Christ in union with the church and in advocacy and service to all the world. This is part of what our confirmands come today to affirm. That they're willing to get in good trouble for the cause of Jesus Christ and those that Jesus loves. Who, by the way, is everybody. We see spirits stirring in the ways that members of Foundry Youth Group, get this, y'all. We see spirits stirring in the ways that members of Foundry Youth Group have formed brave space and are building beloved community together. They are showing us the way. I recently was told that throughout the pandemic, of course I knew throughout the pandemic, they've met regularly on Zoom, and recently I was told that Uh, The grandparent, who was not part of Foundry, that has a transgender grandchild, was searching for community and support for the grandchild, found Foundry online, and encouraged by our welcome and our message, reached out to see how their grandchild might connect. The youth joined the next Zoom At first, you know how it goes on Zoom, when you don't know anybody, or you may not be sure you wanna be there, what do you do? You turn off your video. So at first, the video wasn't on. Within five minutes, a face appeared. And within 20 minutes, this young person felt safe enough within our Foundry Youth Group to share who they were and their story of being a trans teenager. The youth group surrounded and celebrated their sibling and their new friend. I want you just to think for a moment about this. This is a church youth group. who's been stirred by spirit to create brave space and beloved community. That's good trouble. We see spirit stirring as even with the United Methodist Church in the unjust tangle that we're in, even in the midst of that, more and more queer clergy are speaking up and speaking out 
and LGBTQ siblings are being affirmed by churches and boards of ordained ministry and annual conferences, not just locally, but in places across the connection. We lament and renounce the continued attacks and cruel rejection of LGBTQ pastors and clergy candidates and allies, both here in our own country and abroad. But oh, do we celebrate the breakthroughs and the blessings that we receive through what is happening and through the gifts of our own queer clergy right here at Foundry Church. And we celebrate those who are at turning points in the ordination process, who have been brave enough to step in to the process, even in the midst of all that's going on in our denomination. We celebrate that T.C. Morrow, Reverend T.C. Morrow, who's here and assisting with us in worship today as part of our extended clergy team. T.C. will be preaching next week here in the sanctuary, the sermon that she will submit to the Baltimore-Washington Conference Board of Ordained Ministry as part of her final examination toward full membership as an ordained deacon in the United Methodist Church. Now, I have a feeling that if all of us were here in this space right now, we might have already had a couple of standing ovations. I might be making this up, but I'm kind of thinking that's true. Can I get a huzzah from the, those? Yeah, right. We have, a, we, have a little, we have a little support in the house. So we're, we're looking forward and celebrating this. And also, as we announced last week, we celebrate Foundry member Chet Jacora, who this year has been recommended by the Board of Ordained Ministry for commissioning as a provisional elder this year. And Chet has received an appointment from Bishop Latrell Miller Easterling to serve as pastor of Good Shepherd United Methodist Church in Baltimore beginning in July. He and his husband Darian will be, will be starting a whole new season of life together. We give thanks. We see spirits stirring in the curiosity of our youth about the work of Foundry's board. Believe that or not, it's true. I've been told and I believe it. Uh, the board in, is actively creating ways for our youth who are in, interested and want to, to engage at that level and to bring their ideas and concerns and leadership to our shared ministry. I trust they will come to the board and stir up, what? Good trouble. And again this year, we will see spirit stirring as our confirmation class will bring specific additions to their confession of faith and their commitments to God and to the church. And this amazing group of confirmands that we welcome and celebrate today has requested to continue and deepen their study together. And so Pastor KC is working on making that happen. Thanks be to God that we're given opportunities to continue to witness the ongoing revelation of God's barrier-breaking revolution of love and grace. May God give us eyes to perceive and ears to receive, and hearts brave enough to follow the unexpected leadings of Holy Spirit. And may we be open to receive the unexpected blessings of Jesus Christ, who's determined to shake us, to keep us stretching 
and growing, to stir us to get into more good trouble, to love us so much that we might finally be free enough from fear that we can create communities and ultimately a whole world where no one is afraid to show their true faith, to tell their story, to offer their gifts. What a wonderful world that will be. Amen. Amen.